Good morning. Dear children of the Heavenly Father, God's grace and peace through our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ be yours today and always. Amen. It's good to be with you today. Uh, we're into the Christmas season. I don't have to tell you that. Um, you know, one of the things that I've heard people say, and I'm sure you have too, is that one of the things that people say they like about the Christmas season is that people are generally more joyful, are generally more happy this time of year. Would you agree with that? Raise your hand if you would. So, okay, a little bit. <laughs> so you're kind of raising your hand. Uh, would you say, that, and you don't have to raise your hand for this one, would you say that you are more joyful this time of year? A couple of you raised your hand. <laughs> you're bold enough to raise your hand. <clears throat> um, who would, this last question, so who would you say are the most joyful people at Christmas time? I heard it, yeah. Yeah, kids are, are happy and joyful at Christmas time, right? You don't, you don't have to tell a kid to be joyful at Christmas time. And just to share a little uh, story with you that kind of illustrates this. So the other night, I was here for the ad, our midweek Advent worship service, and I went to the meal beforehand, and, and I was over at the at the dessert table. I know that surprises a lot of you that I like desserts, but I was over at the dessert table, and uh, little uh, Judah Lightning and uh, Ian Gould were, were over there, and I said, hey guys, are you looking forward to Christmas? And uh, with no hesitation, I mean, just immediately Judah looks up at me, and his eyes are big, a big smile on his face. He goes, I'm way looking forward to Christmas. <laughs> um, so no pressure, Dan and Hannah, but... Um, no, but I, I think that reflects what a lot of kids feel at Christmas time, right? Um, you maybe even heard that phrase, Christmas is for kids, right? Have you heard that before? Uh, I've, I heard it last night, actually, in a movie that we were watching. It said Christmas is for kids. For kids, Christmas is almost magical, feels magical for them, and you know, as adults, for you adults here, we might say, well, the reason for that is because they don't have the same problems that we do as adults, or at least they don't experience them in the same way, right? They don't have a job to worry about, bills to pay. Uh, generally, they don't have health problems, um, or at least they don't face them the same way that maybe we do. But whatever the reason, for whatever the reasons Kids generally are more joyful at Christmas time. Christmas is for kids, right? Well, I'm here to tell you today that Christmas isn't just for kids. Christmas is also for God's big kids, too. Christmas is for God's kids. That's uh, at least one of the things that the Apostle Paul is trying to tell us in our sermon uh, text for today. So pull out your little yellow uh, insert in the folder there. The, the scriptures printed out for you for our sermon text. Uh, let's, uh, let's look at the first couple of verses, okay? Paul says, Rejoice in the Lord always. I will say it again, rejoice. Let your gentleness be evident to all. The Lord is near. So Paul says, Rejoice. Uh, in fact, it's actually, he's not just saying it, it's a command. Uh, literally, he's commanding us, be joyful. And he says it twice, right, to emphasize it. Be joyful, rejoice. 
And he doesn't just say to be joyful some of the time or when things are going well, but he says, be joyful always. Now, that's easy to do when things are going well, right? When you got a job and it's a good job, it's easy to be joyful, but it's a lot tougher to be joyful when your job is not going very well or you have fear of losing your job or you don't have a job. It's easy to be joyful when you're healthy and the people around you are healthy, but not so much when you're dealing with major health problems or the people that you love are dealing with health problems. It's easy to be joyful when you know that your family is going to be around at Christmas time. But it's not so easy to be joyful. In fact, it can be very difficult to be joyful when your family's not going to be around. And maybe they're not around because they're gone. They passed away. Our human nature tells us that it's okay to not be joyful when things aren't going very well in our lives. In fact, our human nature, our sinful nature, tells us that we have a right to, we deserve to be miserable when things aren't going well. But yet, Paul says, rejoice, always. And he doesn't just say it in these words here. The whole book of Philippians is filled with Paul's commands and his ideas about rejoicing. Uh, the, the letter is sometimes called a letter of joy because at least 15 times in the letter, Paul talks about joy. So what's the secret of being joyful always? <clears throat> well, you maybe caught it in the verse. Let's look at verse 4 again. Paul says, rejoice in the Lord always. You know, we, uh, we sing, this time of year, we sing that song, Joy to the world, right? So, joy to the world, I have good health. Joy to the world, my bank account is full. You're laughing, <laughs> And I could go on with examples like that, but I won't. I'll spare you. But that's not what we sing, is it? <laughs> we sing, joy to the world, the Lord is come, right? Christmas joy, joy anytime, true joy does not come from the world. Can't. Comes from God. True joy is not dependent on our circumstances and how well they're going or how not so well they're going. True joy is dependent on our God and his love for us that never changes and that never ends. True joy cannot be bought. It cannot be uh, generated by us, created by us. It's a gift that was freely given. That's what the baby in the manger is all about. <laughs> that, that little baby is your God. I mean, think about that. You know, we, we talk about it. We hear it every Christmas. 
But just step back and think about that. The true God, the only God, the all-powerful, transcendent God of the universe is that little baby in the manger. That's incredible. He, he stepped out of time, or, and, or I should say, he stepped out of his transcendence into time, into space, into our world to experience all of the problems, all of the hardships, all of the loss that you experience for one sole purpose. To save you, to rescue you, to save you from your own sin and death, to adopt you into his family as his child. You are, you are God's child because of what God did for you. You're, you're God's kid. And you can find true joy in that. True joy. And, and it's that joy that, that shines light in the, the dark places of our life. It's, it's that joy that, that makes us think less about those things going on in our lives and our circumstances and more about him and the blessings, all of the blessings that he gives us. So the next time, over the next couple weeks that you're in line at the, the checkout counter and you're, and you're waiting to, to check out, or maybe you're online waiting to check out. And we do that a lot these days. But wherever you are, what are, what are you going to be thinking about? Are you going to let your mind go to uh, those, those things that, those, and those problems and those hardships? Paul here is saying, let let your mind go to Jesus. Get online with Jesus. And, and let him give you his joy. Maybe for every gift that you have in your cart, think of one blessing that you have in Jesus, in the Lord. And maybe as you wait in line, the longer you wait, the more joy you'll actually have. Now, you might be thinking, okay, Chad, you're preaching to us, I, I hear you, but if you, if you really knew what I was going through, if you only knew what I'm experiencing right now, you'd realize it's not so easy. In fact, I don't feel like it works. And you're right, I don't, I don't know what you're going through. I, I can't look in your heart. I mean, I, I know some of what some of you are going through. I talk to you, but I, but I don't know everything that you're going through. But, but I want you to consider for a moment the guy who wrote these words, Paul. When Paul first visited the city of Philippi, the, the people in the city that he addressed this letter to, you want to know what happened to him? He was arrested and he was beaten, and he was flogged, just like Jesus was. And he was thrown in jail, and he was shackled to a wall. But yet, he prayed, and he sang hymns while he sat in the jail cell. And later, after that, Paul 
again in his travels and in his missionary journeys, he would be arrested again. He would be beaten again. He would be thrown in jail again. He was left for dead at one time, beaten so badly. When he finally gets back to Jerusalem, guess what happens? He gets arrested again for speaking about Jesus. Gets thrown in jail again, beaten again, unfairly tried for several months. Then he finally gets shipped off to Rome. On the way to Rome, guess what happens? His ship runs aground. He gets shipwrecked. And when he finally gets to Rome, he's under house arrest. When he wrote these words, all that had already happened, he was under house arrest, chained to a guard. All of, at least his ideas about mission work were on hold. And he wrote these words. (laughs) So it's not Chad talking to you today. It's the Apostle Paul. Even Paul's last letter um, to Timothy, a very personal letter to his friend and a fellow servant in the ministry, uh, with Paul awaiting execution, very likely being beheaded. Paul, even in those words, were were filled with joy. (laughs) All of Paul's writings are filled with joy. And when you think about that, and we think about he's the one writing these words, well then it, I think, it makes it a little more meaningful, doesn't it? And it makes us realize, yeah, I can have that joy too. I can find true joy in the Christ child, just like Paul did. And when you do, you'll be like a kid at Christmas. (laughs) Because Christmas is for God's kids. Now, another thing you might be thinking is you might be thinking, okay, I hear you. I hear Paul's words to me today, and I'm, I'm understanding it. I'm appreciating it better. I'm actually experiencing some of the joy that Paul is talking about, but I'm a little worried that when I leave here and when I get back into the world and I get back to my job or back to school, that those things are going to creep back into my heart and I'm going to get all upset and anxious and worried again. Well, Paul knows that. And so he has an answer for us. So look at the next verse. Verse 6 says, Paul says, Do not be anxious about anything, but in every situation by prayer and petition with thanksgiving present your requests to God. So what's Paul's answer for a worrisome heart. What's the cure for anxiety? It's prayer. <laughs> I think prayer is like, um, it's like taking your car that's broke to the shop, uh, to Tom's shop, maybe, right? And I take it to Tom, and I know when I take it there, it's going to get fixed. And I'm very relieved when I drop the car off and I leave it because I know when I come back, it's going to be fixed. And it's for free. Prayer is also like being sick and going to the doctor and going to a doctor or hospital where you know that they're going to fix you and they're going to help you and make you feel better. And you leave there and it's free. 
That's, that's what prayer is like. And that's the cure, Paul says, for worry and for anxiety. You know, you might say, okay, Chad, I pray, but I still feel anxious. I still feel worried, even when I pray. And if you do, I would say this. I would say then you're not praying like Paul says to pray. You're not truly leaving it with God. And I don't, I don't mean that you do nothing when things are going on in your life. God gives us the ability to do things. But what I'm saying is that when you pray, are you really leaving it with God? Jesus reminds us here that we are all God's kids. We are all God's children. And he says we can go running to God, our Father, at any time with anything no matter how trivial it may seem, no matter how insurmountable it may seem, we can go to him with anything and we can just leave it with God. But if we don't do that, if we pray to God, but we still try to handle it all ourselves, well then we're not being the child in the relationship. We're trying to be the father. We're trying to be God. And God says, you're my child. You're my kid. Give me your prayers and leave them with me. And, and Paul says when we do that, that God makes a very daring and incredible promise. In fact, I would say it's, it's magical. <laughs> Look at what he says in verse 7. Uh, he says, present your requests to God, the end of verse 6, and the peace of God which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Paul says when we give our requests to God, that he will give us peace. And not just any peace, it says the peace of God. God's peace, God's perfect peace, he's going to give to us. Pastor Dan talked about that on Wednesday night about it's a peace that we can't, again, we can't generate. God does, and he gives us that peace. And I can't tell you how many people that I've talked to over the years of, of being in ministry, and they told me about how they've given their prayers to God, whether it be in their home or in the hospital, at the graveside, and they felt this, this overwhelming calm <laughs> come over them. And I know many of you, Maybe all of you felt that too. It's, it's a peace that, that Paul says we, we can't fully understand. It's like, it's like a blind man that can't see the, the beautiful sunset. They can't fully understand it or appreciate it, but they know that it's there. Paul also says that this peace is it's like a sentry a guard that's been posted outside of your heart, outside of your mind, and it's standing guard there to make sure that nothing can break in, nothing can penetrate to steal your peace and your joy. That's the peace of God that he gives us when we give things to him in prayer. And the best picture that I've ever uh, at least to this point in time, the best picture that I've heard and I can think of that helps describe this whole process of, of giving our, our requests to God in prayer and then experiencing that peace is, uh, is, a, is a little child 
um, a little child that something has happened in their life and they are they're all upset and to them it's it's rocked their entire world and they're crying and they're upset and they go running to mom or dad and mom or dad picks them up and they they put them on their knee and they put their arm around them and they give them a hug and they go shh it's okay It's okay. For those of you that are parents, how long does it typically take that child before they get up and they're off running and playing again? Personally, I've seen it happen in about 15 or 20 seconds <laughs> with my own kids. But that's the picture of us giving our, our request to God in prayer, that we can leave them with him and we don't, we don't need to know, we don't need to hear from dad how he's going to fix it. We don't know, need to hear from him what he's going to do about it. We just leave it with him and we go off and we play again. <laughs> and we experience his peace and his joy. That's the peace of God that surpasses all understanding. And God says, when you give your request to me in prayer, I will give you that inexplainable peace and when we do that we feel like a kid at Christmas time <laughs> so as I close today I would invite you to go on a journey with me over the next uh, what is it 16 days leading up to Christmas and uh, and believe me I'm on the journey with you <laughs> but let's Rejoice in the Lord, in the Lord, between now, every day, until Christmas, as much as possible. Rejoice knowing that you're God's kid, you're his child, and he's given you the greatest gift that he could ever give you, not just at Christmas time, but any time. He's given you the gift of his son, Jesus Christ. His amazing, unconditional love for you, his peace, his hope, his forgiveness, his word, his sacraments, all those are blessings from your loving and heavenly Father, and they're all yours. We can rejoice in that. And when you ever feel over these next two weeks like that joy is, is being taken away, well, then give it to God in prayer and experience another great gift that he gives you, his, his inexplainable, amazing peace. Amen.